Welcome back to the Culture Shop Podcast. My name is Stephen Adeboye and on today's episode, we are talking about the importance of giving. And I know with things being scarce at times, it's very hard to think about, you know, giving what you have, but it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be your energy, it could be your time, it could be your knowledge it could be a lot of variables that might help someone to sort of empower themselves to do more in their lives or to just give them a support in hand so we do talk about giving in this episode and the importance of what that could do to others as well as your whole team your whole network of people that you interact with and also the people that you never interacted with before because I think as human beings, we have this opportunity, this gift inside of us when our cup is full to help others. And so I'm very proud about this episode and I hope you enjoy this one. Hey everybody, welcome to the Coach Shop Podcast. My name is Stephen Adeboye and we are doing this live. I'm happy to say that because we've been doing these Zoom calls and you know, the world's getting back to normal and it's very refreshing to just be here with my guest. So, I want to allow him to introduce himself to you guys. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Ijaz Rashid, and I'm the CEO and the founder of Giving Force. Giving Force, yeah. Uh, so, tell a little bit about Giving Force. Yeah, absolutely, please. So, Giving Force uh, is um, a product and a set of services that we offer to companies to help them and their employees to engage with their communities. Um, so you'll have heard of the ESG agenda and CSR and all these sorts of terms. Yeah. And what we are is basically the glue that enables companies to make that happen, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, giving money through donations and fundraising and grants or giving time through volunteering. And uh, we've processed many hundred millions of pounds worth of donations and I think about a million and a half volunteer hours to date. That's amazing, that's amazing. How did you get started in that journey? Because it sounds like a very impactful thing that you're doing, helping companies to sort of give back and using that as an ecosystem to sort of make that happen. What, what got you started in that initial sort of um, mindset and that journey to sort of build the company? Um, I guess it all started when I was at university. I wanted to do something that was going to be more than just tech because I'm, I'm a technology person by background. Yeah. And I did a, a, a technology degree at Kingston University and you know I did what everyone else did you know I went into programming and did all the usual stuff um, but I had an opportunity around 2000 I sold the previous business and I was looking around what to do and it was at that point I was thinking well what can I do that's actually going to make a difference rather than shifting boxes or money or uh, you know things around the world what could I do that, that, that would have an impact on the community? And um, initially I thought um, I would offer a, a consulting type service to charities, but quickly realized that you know, the charities and the technologies weren't really in the right place for that to happen. Mm. So I shifted my focus to what can I do to help charities without directly you know, offering some, any kind of consulting to them. And um, that's where came up with the, with the idea of uh, bringing companies and charities together because there were companies trying to do good, mm-hmm. uh, but not necessarily having the tools to be able to do it. And it was also around the time when uh, CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, was becoming uh, a little bit little better known. Yeah. And so there were companies that were uh, focusing their attention on it. Not many, but they were. Mm-hmm. And so back in the day, it was uh, it was a case of both explaining to companies what CSR was, why they should be paying attention to it, why it was important, and then eventually why they needed some technology to help them you know, deliver on those goals. Nice. So it was a it was an interesting but um, but difficult start to, to 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 getting to where we wanted to. Um, but we were lucky to have some really good early customers who saw where we were going, what we were trying to achieve, and got on board. And um, that led the way to uh, to actually 
um, selling my first company back in 2008 to an, an American firm to, in order to try and make the solution go global. Mm. Um, that didn't quite work out how I thought it would because okay. I was a little maybe naive in, in how that whole process works because they themselves then got bought by a VC who uh -huh. then decided to kind of you know make a profit and, and trim the things that were, were still uh, you know in, in their infancy mm. and so we ended up um, very much in a place where you know things that worked for the American market which is great yeah. that's good and, and, and I believe some of those things are still going strong um, but I for me it was unfinished business mm. you know I wanted to see that vision of a uh, a product and services that were gonna help solve a, a, a as much of the problem, if you like, or as much of the, the, the challenge as possible. And so um, started all again with Giving Force, mm -hmm. um, having taken a short break yeah, <laughs> to as you kind do. of recover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've been hitting the ground running, it sounds like you trying things out, sourced your company initially, and obviously seen a lot of change within that, which is almost like, does it feel like giving your baby away and just going, Absolutely. what's going on here? Why are you giving it something that I wouldn't give it before, right? Or Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, there, there, there's some home truths that come out of that. You know, your baby isn't quite as pretty as you would like to, or you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but also, you know, there's, there's value that you see mm. um, that others maybe don't. Mm. And so, yeah, as a founder, that was, that was, that was quite a challenge, mm. but um, I always, uh, sometimes annoyingly for people, I always try and see the positive. Mm. And so the positive I was seeing there was to try and be more objective about the things that we that we build or that I build mm. and, and try and do, uh, rather than have the rose tinted mm. look that you know a proud parent would have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that was it was an interesting transition because I went from sort of. 100 miles an hour, uh, you know, working all hours of the day to basically having a, a nine to five job for a while mm. while, while I handed over to, to these guys uh, and then wondering what the hell to do with my evenings mm. uh, and weekends and my family wondering who this guy was. <laughs> he exists. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Who is he? What's he doing here? Why is he, why is he eating our food? <laughs> So, so that, that was an interesting transition and it was, it was I went from, you know, uh, being quite unhealthy and putting on some weight mm. to kind of going, well, I've got this time and, and t you know, starting running, started skating and rollerblading and doing taekwondo with my, my daughter and nice. uh, football with the dads at school. And I went from like doing nothing to mm. pretty much being active every day of the week, yeah. which was quite a... Um, transition <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I'm in that journey myself like every day I'm doing something active it just, it's so amazing what it does to you socially as well as your mental health and physically as well you just see this transformation well you really say oh I want to have this body it's just like this happens because you're so active right absolutely I, I, I am not a gym person I, <laughs> I, I, every time I go to the gym or I've tried to go to the gym I just think of myself as a human hamster <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was me doing my lunch break I still, <laughs> still, still try but yeah I know it's not the same it's not it's not and, and, and so I became fit as a result of doing all these things that I wanted to try and do and uh, yeah it's been amazing I mean the journey has been spectacular and as you say the people that you meet mm. uh, I, I, I got my black belt in Taekwondo when I was 44 Congrats. My daughter got it when she was 10. <laughs> <laughs> no comparison there. <laughs> so it takes the same amount of years, I'm sure. Absolutely. No, no, we, we did it at the same time. Oh, perfect. She actually wanted to do Taekwondo and I took her along mm. to uh, lessons with along with her cousin. Yeah. And the instructor said, well, what, what are you going to do? You're going to just sit there and look at your phone. Mm. Why don't you join in? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay. And I didn't think we were, my daughter, to be honest, was going to last as long as she did. Mm. But yeah, we took it all the way to Black Belt and, and nice. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm actually doing martial arts myself. Okay. Um, but I've seen so much benefits from it just because oh, the way you approach, the way you're thinking about how to sort of counteract and, you know, even just your awareness of your surroundings is so important. And it actually translates to other parts of your life, I believe. 
Absolutely. Um, I, it's, it's interesting that I've never been injured during Taekwondo, yeah. and yet I've picked up injuries, cycling, football, <laughs> rugby, everything else. Yeah. Uh, it just makes you so aware of your own body and what you can do, and that level of putting yourself in positions that are not immediately natural. And when I say not immediately natural, things that you wouldn't do on an everyday mm. uh, basis, uh, just sets you up in just just to be healthy and maintain your balance is yeah. it's remarkable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what can I ask? What? Oh yeah, start? yeah. I'm doing a Wing Chun. Okay. So it's a form of um, kung fu. Kung fu, yes, yes. Um, but it's all kind of forms. So a lot of meditation at the end, um, and it's very close proximity fighting. Yes. Um, sometimes it can be a bit dirty. So it's no like sparring. Yes. <laughs> it's there to obviously end the fight. But um, I thought. Let me try something that isn't so uh, rigorous, mm -hmm. but then also it's effective as well. But I didn't know, I didn't know how much I would love training, and so I do it about two times a week now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was doing it two times a week, and um, I, I'm not a, 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 a an aggressive person, so. Mm. Um, Getting into an actual fight is not something I ever want to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> more prevention than there is attack. Yeah. Absolutely, and and it helped that our our the the, the club that we joined, uh, the the attitude was very much about enjoying and participating and 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 getting good at what you do technically, yeah. uh, as well as you know the the defense side of things. Uh, but without the aggression, and that was really, really nice, and I think that's what made me stick to it because I, but, you know, you, you you do that kind of sport can attract sort of a a, a more macho, aggressive type of character, yeah. and thankfully, certainly not that club, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping more generally mm. things have moved on from the first time I tried yeah. uh, martial arts, which was back in the early '80s, and that was very much. <laughs> not as pleasant. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's funny though because um, I know we're talking about martial arts, but I'm not sure it's something that we're both passionate about. But you start noticing a couple of things like how your body moves, because if it's technical, then you're learning things about your body which makes you think differently about the discipline it takes to even get to that point. So if you're an aggressive person, you won't last long learning the martial arts Absolutely. because you're just like, no, I just want to hit someone in the face. Well, you're not going to do that. If you're going to have to learn how to do it properly yeah. and when you do it properly you understand the reason why it's done and it's done to protect but also to defend as well yeah. um and then the other thing is self-control mm. because that's the key to all martial arts is yeah. self-control and that applies to every element of your life like emotional self-control and discipline so you won't last long if, you, if you're trying to do it for the wrong reasons i believe no no I, absolutely and and, and I, I do uh, you know I actually can't remember his name, so I won't name him. <laughs> but someone who joined the club and, and was very much trying to uh, not not necessarily hurt anyone, but he was uh, you know much more aggressive, mm. uh, but less controlled. Mm. And uh, it was it was interesting how often he got hit <laughs> in trying to hit some someone else because it just lacked that control. Mm. And um, I, I think it is something that. Um, does help in all aspects of your life. So, so I'm, I'm Muslim, mm. and so it's Ramadan at the moment. Yes. So I'm not eating or drinking during the day, mm. and people do ask, you know, how, you know, it's impossible. How do you manage that? And it's, it's, it's not, and it is down to self control, mm. and, uh, and but it does require willpower, obviously. Yes, uh, but it gives you um, a. A, a way of reaching elements of yourself that you wouldn't have reached in other ways. Mm. In some ways, quite contemplative, because, I mean, frankly, you just don't realize how much of your day is spent eating or prepping to eat or yeah. getting a cup of coffee. And, and so one of the challenges actually is, is just you get so much more time in your day. Mm. Um, just before we, we started, we were talking about, um, you know, people returning to the office and suddenly realizing how much of their life they're giving up yeah. in that commute. Mm. And it's a little bit like that. Mm. So for a short period of time during the year, I, I realize how much time I'm spending doing other things. Yeah. And I, I try, don't always succeed, to be uh, more mindful and productive with the time that I gain mm. during Ramadan. But um, 
Yeah, not always possible. We're all human. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's funny because as you just said that, I was watching um, just a YouTube video uh, about what should you do if you're trying to, you know, maximize your wealth. Hmm. And the person in the video was like, your time is your wealth. Hmm. Like, how you manage your time is so important because they say time is money. But if you're able to leverage responsibilities, delegate, realize where you can cut back, you can actually focus on things that are more important that add value. And so when you just mention all that, it kind of puts things in perspective as to what's really important. Yes, there might be things that might help you right now, but in the grand scheme of things, that emotional self-control, that discipline, uh, and be introspective, that's also valuable as well. So during this time, I'm sure you feel more introspective about who you are. I, 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 absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, so I, I kind of... <laughs> been through a lot, a lot of phases in my life and and you get to a point when you realize that you know if you're not content internally if you haven't found your purpose internally mm. you're not you're going to struggle to find it externally mm-hmm. and and i have to say one of the things that i uh i see with um you know younger generation in my daughter but in also in, in other people who can work for me is there is that there seems to be a better um attitude towards mm. personal um, reflection, personal uh, growth and um, you know that, that fulfillment um, but it's counterbalanced with the challenge of you know it's really hard you know <laughs> it's um, you know there's a lot of um, security and wealth that's tied up with older people mm. that younger people just don't have access to. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone ever did, unless you're very lucky to be born into a wealthy family. Mm. But it, it feels harder these days for, for for young people because, you know, things like property and all those things that my generation kind of take for not for granted, but have had easier access to, yeah. is just not as easy. Um, mm. But um, as I say, I'm, I am glad to see that, you know, there, there seems to be more awareness of. Okay, but if I want to be happy, I, I need to think about things that are other than material. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And this, yeah, you know, we talk about just that point there. Um, you know, with the younger generation now, or you know, my generation looking more into in terms of their well-being versus the external. And I think it's weird because we do live in a social media age as well, mm-hmm. where that's flashed upon you sometimes. You're like, oh, that person's doing so well; it's got money. But then, am I not happy? And then it's there's sort of balance between knowing what's important which is your well-being and how you feel versus what's outside and what can i do to sort of achieve that um i mean i have two mindsets with what you just mentioned um i think it is harder to access through traditional means you know property and you know even just long-term goals it's it's getting harder and harder but uh, there is a bit of a shortcut i believe with taking risk Mm. because before we didn't have the internet you know, and now you can just blow up. So a lot of people are just banking on being like social media, like celebrities or whatever the case is. But the downturn effect is that, you know, you're not looking after yourself because you're putting yourself out there all the time and you're open to criticism. So there's a there's a balance. There's a weird, yeah. there's a weird thing that's happening. And I still think we're trying to figure that out. But the way you've approached entrepreneurship, did you see that as something that wasn't done before? Because I'm sure back then it was more traditional you know workspace and time and career path but you actually took the plunge so yeah I mean I well I have to admit I only had a job for three months after leaving university <laughs> <laughs> you were the outcast you were like no this is not for me <laughs> uh, it, and, and that's exactly what happened during those three months I was like this isn't for me mm. and um, so I, I set up my first business early on which is both um, a good thing and a bad thing. I learned all. I made all my own mistakes. I mm. learned all my own lessons. Um, I didn't have parents or mentors to guide me, um, which I wish I had, mm. and I wish I'd sought out much earlier. Um, so yeah, it was it was very new and novel for anyone in my uh, in, in my group or my family to be, be do, doing something like that. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah, I mean, if I if I if I look back on it, and if I wanted a, uh, um, if you like, an easier uh, route into entrepreneurship, then I would have uh, sought out some networks, maybe that would have helped 
and I would maybe have stayed in a job a little bit longer to have a financial cushion. <laughs> uh, it was very much at the deep end. Was it like back to something prior, just trying to figure it out and just going, okay, what's going on? Who do I Absolutely. call? Absolutely. And just really surviving on your own. Absolutely, it was that. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, there, there were some, some very tricky times where I had absolutely no money and I was just like, okay, what do I do now? Um, which does um, teach you some things, mm. certainly in terms of survival and in terms of prioritizing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's got to be easier ways, more, <laughs> more, more intelligent ways of going about that process. Um, I mean, there are lessons that you learn that, you know, carry you forward and so even to this day, you know, people do kind of uh, remark, if you like, uh, how calm and uh, uh, positive I stay uh, when, whenever we're faced with a challenge, you know, whether that's a customer or a supplier or any other. And, and, and part of it will be having to, to face some really tough decisions mm. where, you know, you learn that you know, you're going to come out of it. So really, are you going to come out of it smiling or crying? Mm. And, you know, you'd, you'd much rather enjoy the process as best you can. Mm. And so part of what I do with, with my staff and, and with our customers is, um, uh, you know, bring that particular skill mm. or attribute with me. And so, you know, helping and mentoring employees to, to make sure that they are able to you know see clearly mm. and to be able to overcome you know the hurdles and the challenges that they have um, uh, you know it, it's not always possible to land in the right place at the right time with the full set of skills that you need mm. and um, you know it's seeing beyond the immediate sort of CV yeah, yeah. To, to see what people the potential that people have and what they can bring along. Mm. Um, so one of the things, for example, that we've done at Giving Force over the last year is uh, shift the way that we hire people to being a much more emphasis on uh, attitude and approach, mm. uh, and, and much less so on you know the raw skills, the tricks, mm. if you like, that people bring along. Yeah. And uh, I think we've got better and better at it. Yeah. You know, as you talk about that, because you talk about you know, going through the entrepreneurship journey and still are going through that, yeah. but you brought in that leadership quality that um, essentially allows you to be better because people have seen you go for it and you're showing wisdom through that. And that's kind of helpful, right? In terms of people believing in your mission, your statement. I, I, absolutely. Um, so, so, so that growth has come about over time and... Um, I think I shared this with you when we, when we met last year. I think we did. <laughs> so um, I had a little jump start in that process. Um, so um, uh, last Christmas, Christmas before last, uh, December 2020. Yes, 2020. I know, it's so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost yesterday, but it feels so long ago. Yeah. It does. Um, I uh, I did what I normally do on Christmas morning. I, I put the, the 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 Christmas meal in the oven. Didn't we have a roast of some kind? Mm. We're not we're not vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's it's either turkey or, or lamb or, or something like that. Yeah. And I went out for uh, my Christmas bit of exercise, mm. uh, which is either a run or a cycle ride. And uh, and, I, and I met a friend nearby we went for a cycle ride and, and not too shortly into the cycle ride I, I hit a car mm. and I was doing a, a reasonable speed around uh, well I know exactly 32.4 kilometers an hour because that's what my cycle computer told me when I eventually looked at it sometime later um, but uh, it was quite a serious accident um, I involved ambulances, uh, 10 and a half hours of reconstructive surgery and okay. uh, to, to get back to where I am mm. um, and uh, you know some amazing people, bystanders mm. who helped, uh, an off-duty doctor who came to help, the ambulance people, uh, the police and, uh, and, and the amazing health service that we have. Uh, and this was in the middle of COVID 
times. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, one, to be very grateful to all of those people, mm. but, and, and, and this is someone that I've mentored, has, has said to me is, uh, you know, only an entrepreneur would at that time think about how can I make things better? <laughs> how can I improve my business? Uh, and, and, and that's what was going through my head. Like, mm. how are we gonna? How are we gonna survive? How are we gonna make this work? Yeah. And and really, it's it's at that time when everyone in the business stepped up, mm. and not only did what I could have expected and hoped of them, but but more. Mm. And so I was out of work for three months, as in I was away from work for three months. And when I came back, I literally had staff members saying, "You're not needed." Mm. You don't need to be involved in this. We've been we've been doing fine, and um, and actually, uh, you know, the, the request from employees was, you know, you need to be CEO. You mm. need to be less hands-on, mm. and uh, and and that was my uh, awakening or my acceleration in terms of actually what I need to do is I need to support these people better. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I must have done a good job up to that point because mm. they were able to run without me. But there was more that I could do, mm. and and that led to uh, you know as I say an acceleration, uh, acceleration, a shift in focus from how do I empower people to do more, mm. and um, uh, that's where you know I've I've mentored I had mentored other people before, but I've been mentoring since, yeah. and uh, and also. Where we met. Exactly. We haven't <laughs> talked about where we met. <laughs> but this, we'll, you know, we'll get to that story in a second. But just, you know, touching on your story about what happened, it just shows the value of people. Mm. You know, when it comes down to it, like in your nature, like if you're good and you will show up in the best way possible when the time comes and there are people looking out for you, you know, when that happened, but also in your, your workspace, in your job, in your entrepreneurship journey. There are people who are there willing to do more because you hire the right people, right? Yeah. And you hire for character, I believe. You hire obviously people who can do the job well. But there's a sort of how can I say it? Like this synergy that you were able to share your statement to them that made them feel empowered to sort of do the best they can, not only for the business but for you as well, I'm sure. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I absolutely it's it's that um there's a book called Givers and Takers. Mm. I don't know if you've... I've, I've heard about it, not read it, but... So, 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 so the idea is that there are people that give, uh, those that take, mm. and those that match. Mm. And um, takers you want to avoid, like mm. the plague. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just going to drain your energy, your, take whatever they can. Mm. The, vast major- the vast majority of people are matches. Mm. Like, if you're kind to me, I'm kind to you. And, mm. and if you're mean to me, I'm mean to you, type. Mm. type. Uh, matching and then there are uh, givers and um, uh, givers will give their time freely and and uh, willingly and not necessarily expect anything in return mm. um, and the the idea is if you're if you're too giving you're not going to be successful because mm. you will give 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 and not balance it up with what you need yeah. as a person uh, and then you have the people that take and obviously they're not, they're not. yeah <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about yeah. that um, but there is a there is a sweet spot where you give openly mm-hmm. but you uh, but you give in a way that's going to be impactful mm-hmm. that's going to result in change that is rewarding mm-hmm to you and therefore is important to you rather than giving and being completely philanthropic and not getting anything in return because there's a limit to what you can do oh, as yeah. a human yeah. uh, uh, and you know this goes back to again um, the I and, and, and that's the, the principle around the givers and takers book mm-hmm. and it goes back to my you know why I founded giving force mm-hmm. is I wanted to have an effect on society and community but there's only so much I could do there's only so much I could give mm. personally mm. I only have you know one body to be able to you know 
paint fences, dig holes, whatever it is that needs doing, mm. I only have so much money to give away. Mm. But if I can amplify what other people want to do, then yeah, we're talking about not only millions, but hundreds of millions mm. of pounds and hours that can go towards uh, helping society and helping community. Yeah. And if I can make that work in a way that has a viable business model, then we've got something that can continue mm. indefinitely. Um, you know, a a a a, a business model that requires that requires just constant funding externally or constant um, you know forms of donations that can work, but to me that's not as sustainable mm. as a model that actually people value enough. That they're willing to pay for it because mm. it it's giving them it's giving them that that kind of value, yeah. and 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 so part of the way I set up Giving Force as a as a for-profit company was intentional yeah. because if we lost sight of the fact that we're trying to address the needs of companies that are trying to do good, yeah. then we could fall into that trap of well we're doing it for good just give us the money mm. and. I wouldn't. I, I don't see that as being sustainable. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's been quite intentional to, to go down that route and align ourselves with businesses because the byproduct of what we do is help society and communities mm. uh, rather than our main goal. Our main goal is actually to help companies mm. overcome the challenges that they have that stop them from engaging with those communities. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you say all this, there's, there's a synergy, I believe, with, you know, people and companies. Um, you know, when you said giving, sometimes when you want to give, you give with attachment, and you give attachment, like you said, you want to receive something back, even if it's just a thank you. Um, what I've realised, you know, in the last year or so, was if you're able to give when your cup is full, and you're actually happy with who you are, and kind of have everything going for you in the right way, it doesn't really impact you as much if they don't come back with you know the same energy mm. it's just something you do because you have excess of it um, and so when you have a company that's like okay we have enough you know doing you know enough people enough money we have enough to sort of make an impact when we can we just don't know how to because we're focused on this how can we do it and you come in and say you know your cup is full so if you're willing to help out this is where we are and it shows that you know they're willing to do that without the you know you having to sort of God suck the money off them <laughs> just to be like give me something because I'm doing some good you know and it's all rooted based on that ethics I believe you know as well as the business model that you mentioned yeah no uh, so from a, from a personal perspective yeah. that's very very true from a business perspective there are f companies that will operate that way mm. but fewer mm. um, there is there is actually a solid business case for engaging with the community you know one that you can take to the bank uh, and we do have banks as customers. Right. Uh, so uh, companies that look after their employees and their communities perform better mm. than companies that don't sh show the same level of care and, and uh, diligence. And so there is a bottom line value to companies that will look after their employees and will look after the communities they operate in. Uh, and, and it's it's not and, and that translates in many ways um, and you know when you look behind why that would happen uh, you're going to attract better employees if you mm. look after employees you're going to attract and retain a, a more loyal customer base if you're going to look after them mm. uh, you're going to attract investment from uh, people who are looking to invest in companies that are doing good mm. or, or can demonstrate that they're having uh, a better impact than they might do otherwise than if you you know if you just you know gonna, we're gonna we're gonna make you money we're gonna double your money type right. uh, company um, and so you know there is access to um, expensive less motivated talent there's access to markets that will be more or less welcome to you. There's access to finance that is 
uh, frankly cheaper and is going to be more readily available um, and there's access to finance that isn't mm -hmm. and customers who are going to be less uh, you know more reluctant to to you and you know offering them things right. so you, you look at this holistically mm. and there's a there's a solid business case to be doing more of these things mm. and we've moved away from CSR as something and ESG as something that you might want to do to being you got to do it if you want to do business mm. Mm. it's just a case of how you want to manage it uh, how how efficiently you want to manage it and how you want to grow that and how you want to manage that, especially on a in a global scale yeah. uh, as well as a local scale. Mm. And, and, and those are the things that we've addressed is creating a solution that works globally that means that a company can report on all of the activities that happen globally. Because it's, it's great doing all of these things, mm -hmm. but you've got to be able to show that you're doing them. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of being more sustainable mm. well you can put lots of things in, in in place but if you can't show the difference that you've made mm. then have you made a difference it's kind of like yeah the tree falls and it makes sound kind of thing right exactly yeah and what we do is we we provide the uh the, the impetus the reward to the companies that are doing good because mm. they can demonstrate through our system categorically mm. auditively you know whether you know it's EY PwC whoever's coming along to, to, to come and audit them mm. they can they can hand on heart show uh, with the numbers what's been happening mm. and which means it can go into their shareholder uh, annual reports and, and, and affect their, 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 their share price yeah um, and that takes it from the something you, you could do or should do to you absolutely must be doing this mm. if you want to be doing business in 2022. Oh, yeah. And so uh, CSR ESG is moving away from the nice to have to must have. Mm. A bit like health and self safety, uh, you know, at one time might have been a well, you know, you should have a record log of what's going on too. You absolutely got to have these things. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're seeing a shift into that uh, domain where, you know, it's, it's no longer an option. You've got to be doing this. Mm -hmm. It's just a case of how intelligently or how uh, efficiently you're going to be, you know, working on these things and, and, and being able to report on them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, with the core values of companies and even in yourself, that's kind of something that should be promoted and you have to kind of realize okay yeah they're my core values but if you don't act on them then they're just mantras you say to yourself right? exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm good i'm doing good but it's like hmm, yeah where have you done it and yeah yeah it's, it's a great great way to do it but you know jumping back to how we met you know we met through how is it the Harrow college that we went to yes but i can't remember the company it was um Oh, I can't remember oh, either. Sorry. I know. I feel like I've, I've done a podcast with you guys. Working knowledge. Yes. Yes. So they asked us to, you know, present to a bunch of teenagers, I think 16, 17 years old, um, talking about the IT industry and just, you know, what to do to get, you know, your foot in the door. And you are so passionate about entrepreneurship. And <laughs> <laughs> they're like, okay, well, what apprenticeship should I do? And you're like, you know, if you can take it, go for it. But what do you see in, in, in the confidence of young people? Do you feel like they're willing to sort of step out and get more involved in IT and the industry? Or do you feel like they just see the benefits and not necessarily the love and passion for it? Yeah, there's, 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 there's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Um, there are definitely the people who use the technology, mm. but wouldn't necessarily want to get involved in the technology. And it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, so we do... Uh, we do see a mix of people in the technology space that are doing it because it's a job. Mm. They're doing it because there's a salary there and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we also see the people who do it because they, 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 they love what they're doing. They mm. see the change it's making and they, 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 they see art in it. And you know, they, they want to they progress in, in what they do and, 
and how they do it. And um, it's quite easy and quite quickly you can see mm. which category people fall into. Yeah. Um, we definitely are the right place for the people that love their technology mm. and want to do the best that they can. Uh, we're a smaller company so there's nowhere to hide uh, if you want to just hide away and not get involved that much so yeah. it's not, not going to be the right place for you mm. whereas when you really want to challenge yourself mm. and you're ready to put your hand up and you you, you, know, you want to get involved and you want to do things better mm. then we're absolutely the right place yeah. and uh, and as I was saying as part of our earlier part of our interview process and part of our hiring process mm. we've got better at, at uh, distinguishing the right kind of people mm -hmm. um, so for example, for us, it's almost as important why somebody wants to get involved in technology yeah. as to how good they are with the technology itself. Because mm. it's a real uh, indicator of how much passion that person's gonna bring and how dedicated they are, but also um, how they're going to work with their colleagues. Mm. Someone who's passionate about something is not gonna tolerate uh, something that's, that's suboptimal. Yeah. And they, when they are passionate about it, they want to spread that passion mm. as well. Mm. So collaboration just comes naturally, uh, even for people who are introverts, because their love of that technology is the is the common ground. Yeah. And so we, we have we have people who are real extroverts, and you know you need to shut them up. <laughs> and, and we have people who are frankly, you know. Uh, COVID and pandemic was a blessing for them, mm. where they can just spend their entire day at home coding and not have to speak to anyone and do anything. And, and, and we accommodate both mm. because they have that shared passion. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the common ground. So with younger people um, that we've seen, um, we see that reflected mm. and um, yeah, and, 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 and so the, those people that are looking for a reward that's purely financial, uh, we're probably not going to be the right place for them because we're not the Googles of this world. We can't pay you know, super salaries. But what we see is people who come to us who obviously do get rewarded, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, can see the value in the other things that they get to do, you know, to be able to... Uh, have an impact and in, in, in what we do deliver as a product but also have an impact in the technology and how we deliver it yeah. and how we design it and the best practices that we, we try to uh, try to include uh, and and before any of my guys listening to this go what best practices <laughs> we're, we're always trying to get better yeah. uh, you know there's always something that as a technology person this, this is something that that humbles you is you're always ashamed of something that you built six months ago <laughs> because <laughs> things have always moved on yeah. and you look back at it and, uh, and you go, why? Why did I not know any better? <laughs> it's true. I mean, and I think that's why having young people or people with you know, that insight, with passion, that can see things from a different lens, that's kind of useful because then they can help bring new blood to life to Absolutely. the company. And I mean, that's why we went in was because we realized the value of what the next generation can bring to businesses and whether it's just the confidence to speak up in the interview or just, you know, share their passions properly and not have the etiquette of, you know, standing out where they could. I mean, that was, that was beneficial, but everything you said is so true about six months ago, you're like, why, why is this? <laughs> you're, just, you're just building the next thing afterwards. So it's almost like it never ends, but it's a beautiful thing. It is. I mean, it, it is, and it's actually so something. And, and this is speaking to the technology people out there. Mm. Um, actually, there are very few jobs and very few companies or products where you actually get to see the whole thing mm. uh, because it's you, you're in a very large company and therefore you're a small cog in the wheel, or you're working on only one feature and you you, you don't get to see it from start to end. Mm. And, and, and that's one of the things that 
one of the things I say to anyone that joins is that you're going to get exposure to things that others just won't. Mm. And we do find it hard, uh, in fact, so far impossible to hire technology people that have come from a large company mm. because um, they're used to doing one thing, albeit doing it well, but doing one thing. Mm. And we expect and need our people to be more rounded, mm. more dynamic, and uh, more willing to have that attitude to go, I, I actually haven't got all the information here, but I'm gonna go find out. Mm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna work out what needs to happen here because uh, we don't have uh, you know, an engineering team of a thousand and therefore I can't just call on someone to go fix this thing for me. Yeah. I'm going to find out how this works and mm. I'm going to do it. And, but as part of that, that rounded view of technology and the people around the technology, because we're not all technologists, um, we come up with ideas and solutions that other people just haven't thought of. Mm. And that's, the, that's kind of like the secret ingredient, is having the right mix of people with good attitude, having access to uh, uh, different perspectives, having access to the whole of what we do and really no limits on what we can, what, what you can work on or what you can, what you can be doing. Mm. Uh, we obviously have limits in terms of, limits in terms of budget and what, you know, stuff that we have to deliver but no limits in terms of that's what we could be doing next. Yeah. And uh, we do have a, um, we have a ridiculously good relationship with our customers mm. uh, to the point where most of our customers don't refer to us as a supplier. Mm. They either refer to us directly as, oh, it's giving force or it's uh, partners. Um, so that's our customers to us. Mm. Uh, where we sit in meetings that other suppliers maybe wouldn't have been uh, asked to attend, mm. ask our opinion in, at times when we wouldn't be asked yeah. our opinion as suppliers, and, but it's mutual. Mm. You know, we go to our customers and say, hey, we're thinking about this. Mm. What do you think? And, uh, and getting, you know, an honest perspective on uh, what we're trying to achieve and uh, so far, that's worked very well for us. That relationship, that closeness yeah. has, has, has really helped. Mm. You know, as you talk about building relationships, yeah, I, I think for people listening, it would be good to understand, like, what's the best way? Is it actually giving value or is it kind of trying to make yourself seen? Like, people kind of understand themselves where they say, okay, I'll do as much as I can for this without knowing what it is. Like, do you know what that secret ingredient is to sort of? get oh. people to trust you in that way. Yeah, I, I guess there's there's two sides of that. There's the internal side and there's the external side. Yeah. So internal being people within the company. Yeah. And the best way to build trust with people in the com company is, or with, with your colleagues is to be as open as you can. Yeah. Uh, and that's not always easy um, depending on the culture in the company. And so, you know, one of the things that we've tried to do is that you can you can say, be you know, be as open as you want uh, to people, but if they don't see it, they're not going to respond mm. in that way. Uh, in the same way, you know, if you're not open with your colleagues, then they're not going to really be open with you, mm. or they'll be less open than they could be. You you've got to walk the walk. Um, with customers, with someone, you know, suppliers, with anyone who's sort of more external facing to, to a company, then it's, it's delivering on the value. But it is important to identify the value that you're adding. Mm. Because um, a bit like the, the givers takers conversation earlier, you could be giving, but in a way that's not needed or not appreciated. Mm. So it is worth checking that the thing you're giving is needed and, <laughs> and you're not just uh, emptying yourself mm. uh, without adding value, without having that impact. Yeah. 
Um, so it is important to understand the value that you're adding. Um, how you do that will vary on your situation. Mm. Um, for, for me, I just straight up ask and go, is this actually useful to you? <laughs> it's my, part of my uh, bluntness uh, yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, both success and failure as a salesman. I'm, you know, I, I you know, at some point you do everything. Mm. And my, my technique as a salesman is, we've, we have this product, it's the best product on the market, because mm. I believe it is, mm. uh, for, certainly for the things that we're trying to do. Do you want it or not? Yeah. <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than schmoozing someone into into thinking otherwise. Mm. Now, there's 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 obviously major flaws to that approach. Mm. Um, uh, you know that I've learned over time, mm. including demonstrating value before you tell people. You know, do you want it or not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you, you get the idea. Is um, I, I I just try and be as open and blunt as I can mm. because. I don't want people to uh, misinterpret what I'm trying to achieve, mm. and, and and I'm mindful of people's time. You know, mm. it, we are all busy, yeah. and I, I, I like to try and get to the point where we go. Can I help you? Mm. And you know, it's it's part of what I start off with is how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Is there something I can? Is there anything that you needed? Mm. Um, because you know, uh, asking without offering is uh, something that you need to do sometimes. But if you're in a position, as you say, where you, your cupboard is full, then you want to offer as well. Mm. It's, it's uh, if you're in a position to do that, then you should, I, I feel you should do that. Yeah. I, I think we're, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because you talk about that from a business standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, it's pretty much the same as well. You know, sometimes we just have to feel like, okay, I want to meet this person, I want to talk to this person, I want to sell my ideas, and you're not sure how to do that. And if you are, then you're kind of like, okay, I know I'm great, but you need to show value, like you said. Yeah. And you have to do it you know, with the time you have, you don't waste their time, so there's so many thoughts that go into your mind. But do you feel like through repetition of doing that, you kind of refine that approach? Or is it just, you're so narrowed in, in terms of, they ask because they've actually come to you first. Like, how has that dynamic changed? Yeah, I, 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 it, um, it, is, it is something you evolve. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you learn and, and, and something that grows with all your different experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a child teaches you patience. <laughs> <laughs> a level of patience I never thought I would, I would ever gain. Mm-hmm. But you know you cannot negotiate with a two-year-old, and therefore mm. you know you, you learn patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it, it's it's something that you learn over time, and uh, you know your experience personally and business-wise will will lead you that way. Mm. I, I think one of the things that I, I've learned over time to. Um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm looking for the right word. Something that I've uh, learned over time to value is honesty, mm. both myself and in others. Mm. Uh, that willingness and that ability to be honest. Mm. That doesn't mean that you blurt out everything that's on your mind, mm. but when everything that you say is honest and true, to yourself mm. and to the person that you're talking to, whether that's in a business context or a personal context. And what I mean being honest to yourself and being honest to the other person is there's sometimes a desire to be uh, kind and not point something out. Mm. And sometimes that's the right thing to do because you're just being unkind by pointing something out. Mm. But sometimes you're being dishonest Mm. by not pointing that out. And sometimes it's to yourself and sometimes it's to that person. Mm. Um, and it's kind of beholden on you to find a good way of pointing that out mm. uh, rather than something that's unkind. Because mm. um, that's not going to help them, it's not going to help you. Yeah. Um, and, and that translates really well with business um, because 
book point out the warts in a nice way mm. and, and, and how we or a customer or, or how else they might be able to, to address that because otherwise you just end up, you know, with platitudes mm. and not getting anywhere mm. and, uh, and not really making any progress. And, and, and I think that's part of what uh, has led to really strong relationships with customers, suppliers, with, with people, with staff, is, is that willingness to be, is to say things that other people maybe wouldn't. Mm. Um, and, and that's why you get invited back, mm. because you're going to say something, you're going to be honest about it. You know whether it's it's liked or not mm. in terms of the message. Mm. I'm always nice. I don't try and be mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but the message is is the message. Mm. And we've had we have had staff that have that have, you know needed to have a conversation, a difficult conversation with. And uh, I don't think I've ever come out of a situation where they haven't said thanks. And mm. no one's ever said that before, and that's really helpful. Mm. And because it is difficult, uh, and, and, it, and it's important also to recognize that the other way around. Mm. When someone's open enough, honest enough to tell you something that you know would be difficult for you to say, mm. uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's worth thanking them for that because that's not an easy, that's not a, a, an easy place to go. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, most people, I think can recognize it when they when they they've uh, been given that mm. and it's a gift mm. you've been given that by someone mm. uh, so um, yeah if you can do that mm. then then that would be the secret to building good relationships mm. to progressing whether it's personally with with family and friends mm. or with, uh, with 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 businesses mm. or with business a word of warning on that, it does make you less tolerant to people who are less honest. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I will say this, because as you said everything, I've reflected a lot on my life. And, you know, the idea of being truthful and honest, it's not, everyone's like, oh, tell me the truth, tell me this, tell me that. It's not pretty. Mm. But if it's led with compassion, and it's a reason to say, you know, this is the truth because A, you've asked for it, but also it's there so that, you know, if you still want this, idea of you know this relationship building or whatever the case is business negotiation then that's the terms that we're both setting yet saying yes to right because you don't want to dishonest someone just to make them feel good and do something on the side that's completely different and so with the truth it's giving them ownership to make a decision for themselves absolutely and you know you're 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 saying this is where i stand i'm always going to be this yes i can evolve and change and grow but i'm not going to waver based on you know your feelings about where things are going in terms of that exactly yeah yeah no it 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 it, it helps you I, I think you know for anyone who's um encountered those situations and we all have we've all yeah. made not good decisions and been tempted to take a shortcut um for anyone who who, who has you know the or, or is the comfort and the strength and the confidence that you get from knowing that you've been honest with yourself mm. and with others just trumps everything else mm. uh, you know uh, I thankfully have a terrible memory mm. and so uh, I would make a terrible liar even if I wanted to be mm. uh, and, and I, I, I being my usual positive self, I treat that as a gift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, you know, I, I just, I use that as a strength, and I use that as a, uh, uh, as an excuse in a way mm. to go. Look, I can't, I can't afford not to tell the truth mm. because I wouldn't know what I didn't say properly yesterday True. in order to. <laughs> the mental gymnastics you have to do to yourself, and then to do to others is. Too much energy, like you spoke before. You want to conserve your energy. You want to conserve your time. Absolutely. Yeah. And you see people that do get themselves tied up in those knots, and mm. you just think if you if you channel that energy elsewhere, mm. you would be more successful and happier. Mm. 
uh, you know, and less tired mm. uh, if, if you're able to do it. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, that, that honesty, and with honesty flows a lot of other um, values that, that people like to quote, things like empathy. Mm. If you're honest with yourself, you, you can't be dishonest and yeah. not see things from, from other people's perspective. They're not I- identical, but they's, they're there. It does lead me on actually to, to a conversation that, that, that I had with, uh, with, with someone who works for me, which was around the values that companies have, you know, mission and values. Mm. And uh, the conversation went along the lines of, well, why is honesty a value? Like, is there any company out there that actually says, well, we're dishonest? <laughs> uh, interesting. <laughs> but yeah. True. So, so how can you hold that up as a value? That's literally saying that we think you're dishonest or mm. other people are dishonest. Mm. Um, so we, we haven't got a codified list of values as a company mm. yet mm. because we saw that that wasn't really a good way of expressing our values mm. so one of the things that we're toying with is expressing the things that we don't do because mm. it's easy to express the things that you do do yeah and maybe we need to express the things that we don't do because mm. that gives you a better idea of who we are and and who you know uh, how you can deal with us oh yeah things like we we don't you know saying that you're honest is different to saying you do not tolerate dishonesty Mm. Uh, because that's a that's a very immediate you know this is not going to happen and you're going to get a a reaction to this that's um, that's different to saying we're honest Mm. because you know We've got a prime minister that <laughs> <laughs> I knew we get to politics at <laughs> thinks thinks he's honest, yeah. or his interpretation of honest. Mm. Whereas if if uh, if the statement was I don't tolerate mm. dishonesty, that's yeah. a very different mm. uh, conversation. Oh yeah, because then you're putting your you know you're putting your standards out there by Absolutely. saying what you don't do. Yeah. Versus like okay, well um, I do this, I do that. We all do a lot of things. But what don't you do? Exactly. Yeah, it shows everything. Because once you say you don't do it, and do it. It's broken. Your trust is broken because you said you didn't do it. You, you would never do it, right? Exactly. Uh, you do need to be careful that you specify this in a way. I, I think Google were, were really good mm. at the beginning with don't do evil. Mm. Mm. But you know, as the problems with the, you know conforming to Chinese. Uh, requirements mm. kind of show that there's uh, you know you can get caught out by different definitions of evil mm. so I think you do need to be a little bit more precise yeah uh, I would still go with it don't be evil I mean I certainly wouldn't <laughs> it's a strong one but yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely might as well hit it hard but you're right it's swimming shades of grey that it definitely yeah. requires that refining absolutely mm-hmm. just to sort of wrap up because um, I know we've talked for a while but in terms of you know everything that I've got from this podcast I think people really remember how you make them feel, mm. you know, and you know the people you work with, the organisations you work with. You're doing so much good for them that they continue to, you know, build relationships with you, and that's continuing your growth. Is that something that you definitely recognise, or is that something? It is. I'm I'm I'm, I'm terrible at uh, retrospection mm. and looking back. I'm constantly looking forward and I need people around me who remind me to look back mm. and go, this is how much we've achieved. Mm. This is how much we have done. And this is how, you know, how much, you know, uh, you're, uh, you know, this is what you're known for. And uh, sometimes I don't spend enough time looking at that. Mm. But thankfully there are other people that do do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, that remind me to, to step back and think about these things. Mm. But absolutely, the way you interact with the people around you will define you in the end. Mm. Uh, and so, um, yeah, if you, if you can not waste that, that's, that's 
definitely something I would recommend. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, you know, you are who you are. And, and if you can be honest about that, then you can attract people who are honest about themselves mm. and you will find your right place. Mm. Uh, you know, we're not all cookie cutter, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss's or whatever it is that you think you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not, we're not in the same category as, as other people. Mm. So finding your own place, but it starts off with being honest yeah. with yourself and the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. And especially during times where it's so easy just to, you know, fall in line and not really look at your values and say, actually, what do I stand for? And really find your tribe. And like you said, empower people who found their own mission and statement and why they do what they do and found your company and just said, you know, that's what I feel I'm going to work with or work for. And just kind of synergizes the whole sort of mission statement. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Just one more thing. Is there anything you want to promote in terms of events or... Oh, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> Depending on when the podcast goes out, we have uh, we run something called the Giving Forum, okay. which runs this month on the twenty eighth right. of uh, of April, twenty twenty two. Okay, uh, for those listening, no, it'll, the be it'll be out before then. It'll be out before then. So it's uh, we're running our first virtual event, mm -hmm. and we'll be talking about uh, CSR mm -hmm. and ESG, mm -hmm. which are two topics. Uh, that, have been, that have been hot and some people have been thinking that ESG replaces CSR mm. and what we're talking about is how really one is part of the other and how one feeds into the other mm. uh, so trying to convince uh, or talk about how the two can fit together mm. and particularly we have a great uh, uh, company joining us uh, TPX Impact who have been the first company first sizable company to um, uh, bring about or include impact measurements in their in their annual reports. Yeah. So we're kind of trying to both talk about it theoretically, mm -hmm. but also bring uh, bring together some people who've done it practically, nice. and uh, kind of lead the way, hopefully, in in getting others to understand how technology and approach that we take mm -hmm. can lead you towards. Uh, ESG measurement and impact reporting mm. and it's not just one or the other. Awesome. I'm, I'm definitely going to sign up for that. If, if the opportunity is there, I'll Absolutely. be there. Absolutely. We'd love to have you there. <laughs> It'd be amazing because I think there's so much that we can learn and you know, hopefully I can bring back to my organisation if possible. So yeah, I'll spread the word when I can. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I think we've talked a lot. So <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. This has been one of the better conversations I've had just talking about you know, everything from entrepreneurship to giving to people to IT to martial arts. <laughs> so I hope you like this diverse episode. And yeah, is there anything that you want to plug in terms of websites or social media? Uh, no, just come along to givingforce.com, mm -hmm. all one word. Mm -hmm. We're not actually trying to force people to give, but we're trying to be a force for giving. Uh, come along to the website. Uh, we have at givingforce. Um, we're just putting messages out there about what it is that we do and if you're a company or you're in a, you work for a company that wants to be doing good should be doing more good in the community then just come talk to us we're, we're ready to help you out amazing that's a perfect way to send everyone home and hopefully to your website as well so i'll link all that details into the podcast as well brilliant thank awesome. you very much thank you very much for listening and take care